Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. I'm your host, Andy Sido. Today's guest is session harmonica player, as well as Willie Nelson's harmonica player for the last 50 years, Mickey Raphael. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back. I hope uh, I hope you had a great week. It's a pleasure to be back. Um, and I've just been a chicken with my head cut off this week because I, I released, as I'm recording this monologue, I released an EP today called Time Love Everywhere um, on streaming platforms and, and even CDs, which surely will sit under my bed for a while. Um, but anyway, if you're an independent artist, you know, it's just... There's so much stuff you got to do, and now that it's out, and today for me, by the way, is April 9th, so by the time you're hearing this, it'll, I don't know, be a week from now or something, but it's, uh, there's so much stuff to do, you know, and then when the, when the music comes out, you just want to sit in the kitchen and have a cold beer, and then you realize, well, this is when the work starts, you know, pitching to playlists and blah, 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 this, that, the other thing, um, but anyway, I'm really proud of it. It's called Time Love Everywhere with a period after every word um, and just under my name, Andy Sido. And uh, yeah, it's out there. It's doing its thing. A real cool episode today. And I don't normally have a co-host, but I, had a, I brought a co-host on um, who could speak fluent harmonica. My guest is Mickey Raphael. Um, he came up in the Dallas folk scene and is just a, a legendary harmonica player. And, and, and he's played with everybody in the Nashville scene. And honestly, just not even just there. Um, he's kind of just everybody everywhere. Um, and, and he transcends generations too. I mean, he's he's been Willie Nelson's harmonica player for the last 50 years or so. He's touring harmonica player, um, in his studio harmonica player, of course. But he's played with so many people across generations, too. Um, I'm going to read down a list really quick of some of the people he's either toured with or done studio work with or, or played live with. Willie Nelson, Jason Isbell, Chris Stapleton, Tom Morello, Paul Simon, Snoop Dogg, Neil Young, Nora Jones, Bob Dylan, Ray Charles, Elton John, Dave Matthews, Wynton Marsalis, Kenny Chesney, we're halfway home. That's not a band. We're halfway home. You two, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Blind Boys of Alabama, Lionel Richie, Motley Crue, Zach Brown Band, Merle Haggard, Chris Christopherson, Jerry Lee Lewis, Dwayne Eddy, Vince Gill, Leon Russell, and Blue Oyster Cult. Um, I don't know anybody with that impressive of a resume. But uh, yeah, he's, he's played harmonica with, you know, I don't know what else to say, but everybody. He's played with everybody. Um and so it was a real pleasure to get to, um, to get to chat with him. And you know, we don't we don't talk about. We tried not to talk about the things that are done in every other interview he gives. Um, you know, how did you meet Willie and this, that, and the other. We kind of wanted to get into what it's like being a session player. Um, you know, collaboration. Some of the finer points of um, being a studio harmonica player. Recording remote. Um, recording his parts remotely for people. So we, we jumped into a lot of those things. And to help me out with that, I brought along my pal Nick Clark, um, who is currently working at a studio in San Jose with Kid Anderson. Um, and he's doing a lot of cool records out there. But Nick um, Nick and I kind of came up in the scene together in, in Denver 
Um, and we've just been really, really good buds for a while. He actually, the one other time I had a co-host for David Dondero, um, he was there for that one too. But Nick is, is the best harmonica player I know. Um, great songwriter and finger picking guitar player too, but just a wonderful harmonica player. And, uh, I thought for an interview like this, it'd be really nice to, to bring on another harmonica player, somebody who can speak harp. Um, and I, that proved to be really helpful. Um, and it was a real treat for Nick getting to chat with Mickey as well. Um, so really cool stuff. And we, we have a professional harmonica player helping conduct the interview too. So, um, awesome stuff. Not, to, not, not that we get too nerdy into harmonica stuff, but the content is in there. <laughs> anyway, um, I hope you enjoy the show. If, uh, you'd like to help out the podcast in a monetary way, I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash Andy Sido, S-Y-D-O-W. Um, I put up exclusive content for both uh, my podcast and my artist career. In fact, um, I'll be putting up some content um, that I, I didn't include in this show, a conver- part of the conversation with Mickey that was some really interesting stuff about heart playing. So, um, yeah, you can check that out on the Patreon page. If uh, you want to help out in a completely free way, that's just as awesome. Uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's, it just takes a second. It really is a huge help to me um, and helps me grow this thing. So, cool. Let's jump into the show. Quick thanks to our sponsors, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering puts the finishing touches on this podcast. And for any of your audio or restoration needs, go to pqmastering.com. Also, Narrator Music. For simple and affordable licensing for sync, visit narratorrf.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, shoot me an email at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. Claff sync. Mickey, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Andy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, and how have you been doing over the last year with, with everything going on? Have you been keeping busy? Yeah, I have been keeping busy, and I've actually enjoyed being home. I mean, it's been a change not to not to work for a living, you know. Yeah. But I've been able to do a few recording sessions, and uh, I mean, the main thing is I've been on the road with Willie for since 1973, pretty consistently. So I'm uh, uh, welcoming a year of uh, of uh, of no work. Yeah, yeah, and and for these. Um for these recording that some of the recording sessions you've been doing, do you do a remote? Are you able to record at home and send things off to people? I am. I'm able to, you know, to work at home. Yeah. Yeah. In- I've got a, you know, a little studio set up in my office and, uh, you know, I can do a harmonica overdub. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. I think that's been something that's happened the last year is people are doing the home recording and sending it off, which is sort of cool. But if you're not recording a whole band, it works fine. You know, I mean, I'm just really, you know, just working, you know, just doing one instrument. So, yeah, you know, a nice mic and a decent interface and, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a laptop and I can do everything and plugins, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. And are, and are you feeling pretty savvy with that stuff or are you very basics with it in terms of I'm the very the basic? No, I had an engineer, a guy build studios. Mark Meeker come over and build, you know, set me up to where, you know, I got the universal audio interface and I said, I want a um, uh, Telefunken V76 Pre and the uh, Neve uh, 1076, 1073 uh, Pre. 
When did yeah. you uh, s- uh, get this uh, set up? When did you start doing the home studio stuff? Well, I, well, I've been doing the home studio. I had the Apogee Duet uh, mm-hmm. interface, and I would take it on the road with me. So I've been set up several years to do that, but I upgraded to the uh, Universal Audio. Uh, as soon as the pandemic hit, I, th- I just thought, you know, I bought a new laptop and about the interface and got a, a, a nice, uh, you know, you know, a, a new, uh, a, 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 an old, uh, new to me though, uh, Neumann. Uh, yeah. Nice. Mike. Nice. And I use, uh, the Royer 122 ribbon most of the time. Wow. So to, to jump back, um, a little bit, how, how did you first get started, you know, playing music and coming up in Dallas and what was the interest in harmonica as your instrument? Well, you know, I heard a guy named Don Brooks play harmonica in a little coffee house uh, um, that I would go to. I was in high school. I think I could barely drive. And I would go in here, you know, Michael Murphy and Jerry Jeff Walker and these, you know, Texas songwriters, Steve Fromholtz, who uh, ended up playing with later. In fact, we went to, uh, the, you know, the route was to going to New Mexico and Colorado. There were so many great little clubs. And, uh, you know, folk clubs, the folk scene in Colorado, in Denver was huge. Really? Uh, yeah. This is early 70s. So that's really how I got my start playing in the, the, the folk scene. Wait, and what were some of the, the venues in Denver? Because we're, we're both, uh, well, he's in San Jose currently, but I'm in Denver and we're both from Colorado. Um, um, I cannot... Remember the names. One was a hotel. There was an old hotel downtown. Okay. Uh, do you know the name of it? I mean, is it, what was one of the oldest hotels? Uh, uh, the the Brown Palace. Was that it? Can't remember. It was something like that. I mean, yeah, that totally. Was, well, it yeah, makes sense did. back that uh, at that time with uh, Harry Tuft and the the Folklore Center. The 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 folk scene in Denver was yeah kind of big then. And is there a street called Fairfax? Big, uh, so there was a club on Fairfax, and um, and this I think was even before Red Rocks, because with Willie we were one of the first people to play Red Rocks. But the um, yeah, and then there was another club we played with Willie. Um, I, I just can't remember. I'm sure they're not there now. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so interesting uh, to to think back on, just because I'm you know it's a it's a familiar. Um, it's a familiar area to me, but so you're you're playing around the folk scene, doing some touring, and uh, and uh, but harmonica became your instrument. I mean, what was the? Love yeah, I was a terrible guitar player, and I wanted to be a musician. So oh, I heard <laughs> yeah. this guy Donnie Brooks play harmonica, yeah. and he played and recorded with uh, with Jerry Jeff, and uh, ended up playing with Waylon. Um, and he was actually, you know, when I was a teenager, he when I met him. He uh, actually was the first guy to sit me down and show me how to play, you know, this uh, uh, diatonic scale, you know. I mean, just that pattern, and that kind of opened up, you know, yeah. all these doors, you know. So, it, you know, just how the, how the notes were laid out, he showed me how to do that. But, he, um, yeah, he was a, probably one of the biggest influences in my playing. Yeah. What was he like, man? I'm a I'm a big fan of of his uh, that song uh, that he did with Waylon. Um, uh, really wrote it. Um, 
what is I forget the name of the song, but I, but yeah, I love his playing. What was that guy yeah. like? Uh, um, yeah, he he was a he, yeah, he was a very sweet guy. I mean, yeah, he was a sweet guy. Uh, but he kind of took me under his wing a little bit because I was just starting out playing, and he did share some secrets with me, you know. And that's I mean that that you, nobody can really teach you how to play. You just have to teach yourself. But he showed me how the notes were laid out, and his phrasing was amazing. His tone was amazing. Um, and, you know, he, he played a great solo of his is on that uh, Honky Tonk Heroes record. Yeah, yeah. And all those Billy Joe Shaver. In fact, I'm going into cut. We're doing a uh, um, Billy Joe Shaver tribute. Yeah. Um, and I'm going in the studio with Jason Isbell and his wife, Amanda Shires. And yeah. we'll cut Honky Tonk Heroes tomorrow. Uh, that's awesome, man. That's killer. So I'll wow. get to kind of emulate not copy, but just, you know, play a variation of the, the Don, the Donnie Brooks. That's beautiful, man. That's awesome. Will you try to play it? I mean, how similar will you try to play it? Uh, to well, I'll, I'll start it off. Uh, I'll probably play the first four bars. I might copy his solo just cause it's embedded in my brain and it's kind of a signature lick, but, uh, I'll, I'll try not to, I, you know, it, it's kind of just stream of consciousness. I'm not going to plan what I play, but it's going to be similar because I've listened to that solo probably more than anything. But I yeah. don't want to copy it because it'll just sound like I'm trying to copy him, you know, poorly. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> was there ever a time as you started, I mean, I mean, playing harmonica, was there a lot of opportunities that came up right away? I mean, did you ever... You know, in the 70s, did you ever have a, a day job along with it? Or were you just jumping over and playing with this band, jumping over, playing with that band? Yeah, well, a day job. That's like where you go to work and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or no, paper well, route, whatever. After high school, I worked at the post office for a while. And that was pretty much a nightmare. Um <laughs> Work, what were you doing? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, unloading trucks and of uh, mailbags and then sorting <laughs> packages. Uh, well, sounds yeah. like a Bukowski album. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't deliver them; I just sorted them. And then the yeah. minute you got that truck or those ten trucks unloaded and those thousands of packages, you know, uh, sorted, another few trucks would come in, and that conveyor belt would just be. I'm sure it's all <laughs> automated now, but there was no end game. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, constant and uh so i knew that's you know i could have probably retired by now uh or 10 years ago if i just stuck with a you know civil service job <laughs> yeah, um, sure which is a lot of security in that you know i just wanted to play music and you know i just kind of knocked around and uh you know played with b i was playing with bw stevenson so we were touring yeah. Yeah. and then i got with willie and he you know we we're pretty busy there, but I was still, I moved to Austin and there was a great folk, great, great music scene there to where you could go out every night and just sit in and jam with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, probably just a lot of opportunities popped up that way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and when did you start going in and doing, um, sessions for, for a bunch of people as well? Well, I started doing sessions in high school cause there was a, a recording studio near where I lived that did a lot of jingles. And a lot of demo, country demos and stuff. So it's called Summit Burnett Studios. And Smokey, um, what was Smokey's last name? Uh, he was one of the Light Crust, Smokey Montgomery was a banjo player for the Light Crust Doughboys. And uh, he was like a musical director at that studio. 
And when people would come in to cut a demo, he would, I, he, he'd have me come by there after school and I would just kind of sit in the lobby and he'd be tracking, you know, doing these country demos for these people. And they'd say, hey, you want a harmonica on that? And if, if they did, I'd be sitting out there just kind of on call. Wow. That's so it, funny, man. That's so cool. So that's kind of where I learned, you know, my way around the studio a little bit. But I wasn't a good reader. And this one guy, Ewell Box, who was a great writer and arranger, he was doing a, I, think, I don't know if it's a film score or a commercial. Anyway, uh, he had hired me to come play, and they were just, you know, everything was written out. There was an orchestra there. And I was like, man, I'm not a reader. You know, I felt so bad. But his wife took me in one of the other studios and would play what they wanted me to play out on the piano, and I could play by ear. So when I heard, you know, the melody lines that they wanted, you know, they just, they would teach it to me. Then I would go in the studio and play. Wow. Nice, man. Um, oh, when you started uh, doing sessions in, in Nashville, or I mean, I guess it would be Austin first, right? No, there wasn't. I, I didn't get involved in studios in Austin. I don't think there were really, well, Jerry Jeff record, I played on a Jerry Jeff record in Austin. And, but that was like in an old warehouse building that oh, they yeah. brought some mobile stuff in. And um, I think Leon Russell built a studio down there or had his um, studio for a while. And then Willie's studio, w Willie didn't have a studio till till later, you know, till, till totally. the 80s, I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, I wasn't really doing sessions and stuff. And I mean, I'd go to Nashville and do stuff. Or if Willie would go to Nashville, I'd go with him. And the B.W. Stevenson records we cut in Chicago or L.A. Yeah, yeah. totally. There really wasn't much of a recording scene in, uh, in Austin at that time. Yeah. So when did you like, because um, you're, to me, you're like the harmonica session guy you know i know like there's charlie mccoy and all that but i feel like you're like the most prominent you know when i go to a record store and i look through the liner notes your name shows up all the time and liner notes what are liner notes yeah exactly yeah i only <laughs> but, subscribe to spotify yeah, yeah. but um uh when did, actually will list who plays on the records yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. there uh, when uh when did you um when did you like stop being just a road guy and actually start to develop like a name as like the go-to guy? Well, I was trying, I don't know about go-to, but I was trying all the time. I really wanted to be a studio musician. That was, you know, and luckily there weren't that many harmonica players. I mean, Charlie, of course, was his, is, you know, set the bar. Totally, yeah. So, uh, but there weren't that many guys playing harmonica. So if, they, if I was in Nashville and they couldn't get Charlie or I knew the act or something like that, there were friends, I would get the call to play. But, um, you know, again, they don't use harmonica on every song. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but they were using banjo and, and accordions last year. So I figured the next, you know, the next trend's going to be the harmonica. So totally, yeah. Um, what uh so this is one kind of nerd question I, I i promise andy being a harmonica player i wasn't going to come on and just ask a bunch of nerd questions but there's this you can, you can ask <laughs> okay um i have a few then <laughs> but um the one of the main ones is uh I, uh as a harmonica player like um 
I, I'm also a, a fan of lyrics. I love like mm-hmm. Willie, John Prine, Todd Snyder, like anybody, you know, Guy Clark. I love I love them all, you know. And I was wondering, I kind of I kind of feel in, in your playing that you uh, have investment in the lyrics like do lyrics i know like music and tempo and attitude of the song kind of inform your, your playing but uh do you care about lyrics because oh I yeah I, when i have a chart a music chart I, I mean if i you know like a number chart or whatever um i'll always ask for the lyrics for a lyric chart too so i can kind of play along and get an eye i totally play off the lyrics and especially if i already know if i already know the changes if i'm not having to really watch the uh you know look at the chart for the for the for uh you know the chord chart if i can figure out you know what you know what the melody is beforehand then i'm going to pay attention and uh and uh play along with the lyric totally that's awesome unless it's something i can't i don't you know yeah, it's yeah. Tricky. Where I've got to, you know, look at the chart. But, but mostly, does, if they say, "Do you want a number chart?" If it's, if they say it's easy, do you need a number chart? I'll say no, but give me, uh, you know, the lyrics. Usually, I can hear it once and know what's going on. Well, and does does the actual lyrical content um, have an impact on on what you play? I mean, would would you play the same part? if the lyrics was just a melody with no actual words, or are you really listening to what the, what the lyrics are, what the meaning of the song is um, when totally. you put a part in? I'm totally listening, you know, playing along and, and painting a picture with the, with the lyric. Yeah. Most That's of so cool. Yeah, man. I mean, like uh, one, that one you did with, uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't nerd out, but that, that thing you did with Jason and Amanda on Letterman, when you did the, the Zevon tune. Yeah. Like, just the taking the time and then showing up like when i hear you play on on records you always have the perfect time of when to show up and to not overplay and make it you know a harp thing you know oh yeah uh, well i had at a very young age and and every all musicians are guilty of playing too much but at a not even a young age we we toured with uh, uh grady martin played guitar in our band and he was like the guitar player all through the 40s, the 50s. I mean, he was the studio cat, you know, the leader on all these great records. He was a guitar player on Marty Robbins, El Paso, you know, that fabulous guitar intro. And uh, so he told me one day, he goes, man, he goes, smoke a cigarette. He goes, take that damn thing out of your mouth. You play too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, that was the best advice. He, it wasn't so warm and fuzzy, but that was the best advice anybody ever gave me. But yeah, with, you know, I, I know how to listen. I listened to the lyric. And with the Zevon thing, I probably even watched the, the Letterman uh, uh, episode where Warren is on, you know, you know, Warren does the interview on that. And I'm a big Warren Zevon fan anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I knew the lyric and I knew the emotion of the song. And, you know, there's also a pecking order. You know, if Amanda was going to play, I'm surely not going to step on her, you know, her playing. Yeah. You know, and yeah. she's such a sensitive player, too. But you do that. I mean, you don't, you, you know, if players are good and professionals, they're not, you know, they're going to give, they're going to get, if they're taking a solo, they're going to end it uh, in enough time to have the next soloist give them some pickup beats, give them some time. They're not going to, you know, just play over each other. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever do anything with Warren? No, I never, I hadn't met him. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And is, is there anybody that you, you look back on now, you're like, man, I wish I'd gotten to do a session with that person? A lot of them, really. Uh, Ray Charles. I mean, we played some live stuff with Ray Charles, but I would love to do done a session with Ray Charles, um, Paul Simon. And, and I've played with Paul, you know, lots, I've sat in on his shows, but we've never. Oh, I have recorded with him. That's right. Really? Because uh, so I'm forgetting. I, uh, it wasn't <laughs> a, it was, he, he produced a Willie track, Willie yeah. Cut, uh, Graceland. So I went to New York and, and worked with him, just he and I in the studio. I heard that he's like the Stanley Kubrick, uh, like of sessions. Like he'll make somebody just go and go and go. Like, is that at all what happened? Yeah. <laughs> That's an understatement, but yes. <laughs> I, 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 two trips to New York. I mean, the first sessions we went, we spent, you know, a couple of three hours and he had me play every kind of rhythm thing that I could possibly come up with or that he could come up with. Yeah, because because he's not sure what he wants, but he knows what he doesn't want, you know. So, yeah. um, and then it it didn't happen, and I thought, oh man, I'm what a loser am I? Went home, and then he called me back a couple weeks later. Went back up to try it again, and spent a few hours, uh, you know, trying working on this song. And the tr what we ended the take we ended up using was my very first take that I did with the engineer <laughs> before Paul even got to the studio. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, how many takes do you think you ended up doing? Oh God, I, you know, eighty. You know, man, but, it <laughs> really is like the, it's like uh, Shelley Duvall in The Shining. She's <laughs> just like she's just breaking down. <laughs> it, yeah, right. But it was great. It, it, it was like my best friend at the beginning until it was like, how much? It, you know, I'll pay you anything to let me go home. But um, <laughs> what it was was I just I just I felt like I couldn't make him happy, but that that wasn't the point. It was just he wasn't sure what he wanted, and there were so many different variations. And he's such a genius. He had so many ideas. He wanted to try. He wasn't going to leave till he tried every one of uh, you know everything we could come up with. And he was right. You know, he was. Uh, it was a great learning experience. I just you know was taking it personal at the time. <laughs> Where, and he and I are friends now, so, you know, um, I, I never have discussed it with him, but I, I, I know other people that have worked with him, and it's the same thing. You know, he gets everything out of you that, yeah. you, that he possibly can, and he should. You know, I mean, yeah. it was, I mean, I would have hated just walk in there and done one take, and he goes, okay, that's fine, and leave, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though my instinct was right uh, before he, he came in the studio, but man, he came up with some good, just great stuff that I, you know, I really wasn't capable of coming up with myself. So it was a real, you know, real learning experience. But he trusted my gut instinct, which is, you know, after all of it, he says, well, you know, what did you do before I got here? You know, so. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> but so it, was great, it was a real learning experience, you know. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Oh, um, I was, I was wondering, um, uh, um, sorry, I'm drawing a blank, but, uh, so when you, when you started getting, you know, just, uh, session work in general, like, was there, was like, uh, Charlie McCoy still there? Like, and like, was there, like, did you learn anything as far as like, because to me, I think there's like a lineage and it's like Charlie and then you, you know, I know I love Don's playing, but like 
prominent to me is like you and Charlie. Did he ever have like, did he have like any harmonica to harmonica advice? Oh yeah. yeah. He, well, he's been very supportive of me. And, um, and of course I, you know, he was revered in my eyes and, um, with Willie, we did, uh, we did, uh, hee-haw one time and he's the musical director so we're playing and he's sitting right at my feet and it, that was so hard just to have him <laughs> yeah he's so he's he's so supportive and uh he's been very generous to me he had me and you know i just study him i mean it, it, it there, he just he does not play one note that does not absolutely have to be there yeah so um but I played on uh, one of his records. Uh, in fact, this rhythm thing that I learned from Donnie Brooks uh, that I played on uh, um, City of New Orleans. He cut City of New Orleans and then wanted me to do that rhythm because either he didn't know how to do it or just didn't want to take the time to, to mess with it. Or it was just being Jerry, throwing me a bone. Either way, I played yeah. the rhythm on that. And of course, when I'm in the studio with him, I'm watching, you know, I was over being a little nervous, maybe a little but uh, I'd watch how he'd work the mic and what mic he'd use. And, um, but, uh, and then he let me fill, he you know, told me to go ahead and fill a, a verse, you know, not <laughs> just play that, the, the rhythm thing. So it's cool to be able to play on a Charlie McCoy record. Yeah, that's so awesome, man. That's, I think that's cool. And he had Harold Bradley playing and Pete Wade and um, Harold Bradley was playing this Dan Electro. And I said, man, what, you know, what, what, when's that, you know, where'd you get or you know, what's the story on that guitar? And he goes, you know, I hadn't played this guitar since Pat, since I played it on Patsy Cline's record. Wow. <laughs> wow. So it's talking about the studio dynamic a little bit as we've kind of gotten into, and I know you're chatting about having to do 80 takes a second ago. Um, what is the... Well, it's a positive thing. I don't want yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. take that out of... <laughs> People could take that out of context, but it was it, it was great. It was a great experience. It was a positive thing, but surely in, in the moment, um, maybe didn't feel that way. Or you know, do you ever have times when you go to the studio and and you get frustrated? I mean, I I I have that happen to me and with people that I work with, and and, and you know, we got to somehow work work with it and and figure things out. I mean, yeah. what's like some takeaways of just being a session musician for so long for you? Yeah, well, once you get in there, you're committed. Sometimes if somebody's going to send me something now, because I can edit, I mean, I can say yes or no. And, and I never thought I'd be turning anything down. But if somebody sends me a song, you know, I mean, the work is nice, but if I don't hear the harmonica on it myself, I'll just say, I just don't hear this, you know, mm -hmm. and, 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 and won't do it. I won't do it just to put, just to play the harmonica, you know. But I think so, that okay. comes again with being able to, to say no, you know, really, because, uh, um, I mean, there's nothing worse than having a harmonica where it doesn't belong. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think you're the first harmonica player ever to say, you know, I don't think this needs me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cow but I do play cowbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, did you ever have any sessions um, where you went in and, and did want to play something and did hear something, but maybe the producer didn't hear it. And for whatever reason, it just didn't, didn't work out and make the record. Yeah. Or I played on something that was really hard to play on and you, you get, and then when the record comes out, they've got me so far down in the mix. I'm thinking, you know, what's the point, you know, why'd they even have me come in here? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And is, is there a, is there a standout session for you? If you can look back through all of them, um, one where, you know, if, if you're, I, I don't know if your whole legacy was leaning on, on one track that you played on, on a session or a couple tracks or an album, what would it be? You mean a positive one? Yeah. 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 You know what? I love, I loved working with Brian Ahern who produced Emmy Lou Harris and, uh, here, there and everywhere was a solo. I played a solo on that. And that thing changed keys several times. And he just worked with me and we just put together this, what is one of my favorite solos with the strings kind of weaving through it. So that, that's, that's one of my, yeah, that's one of my favorites uh, was here, there and everywhere on an Emmy Lou Harris record. Yeah. Wow. Um, did you have, a, did you have another one, Nick? I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to oh, jump in and I mean, you. I okay, have a bunch, ahead. but um, I was smoking in the boys' room. That was fun for Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah. It was a just a screaming song, and and uh, Tommy Lee and uh, um, uh, the producer was in with me, um, you know, in the studio, and just uh, kind of egged me on to play. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Tom Orman was the uh, guy that produced the record. It, and so you were talking about a second ago, do you, uh, you sometimes turn down tracks to people now with uh, everybody having computers and home recording, do people just send you tracks? And uh, well, they do, kind of, I don't, I, I, you know, yeah, they do. But uh, I'm, I'm real picky because it's really got to work with the harmonica and a lot of people, May just you know, you know. I'm, I'm fortunate that they want me on the record, and I haven't turned down too many. But uh, you know, there, there's been a there's been a few that I just didn't hear, you know, myself playing on. Yeah, totally. There's here's a question I have. Um, like every other instrument, um, I think it, like I think like the, the harmonica is the only instrument that like is still evolving and. Um, like, especially the diatonic, you know, with like the Howard Levy stuff, being able to play a diatonic fully chromatic and all that stuff. Um, although I hear you're playing and it's, it's, to me, it's like how, how I've learned to play a little more like traditional blues and folk and, you know, and it's more for the song. Do you, maybe not necessarily the, that, those new Howard Levy overblow techniques, but is there things that you do with the harmonica whether it's like diatonic or chromatic that you keep working on and pursuing to uh to just you know no. see what's out there no. <laughs> <laughs> no because howard i mean howard levy is, is a genius and he does that so well and so i i mean i don't do any of the overblows you know totally yeah if, yeah. Uh, yeah if that note if, if there's a note that needs to be overblown i'm just not going to play it yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, but like, um, do you uh, do you uh, mess around with like the chromatic harmonica? I at do all? play a little chromatic. Yeah, and I was taking lessons, some lessons, um, um, on, on the chromatic, um, that uh, you know, was way over my head. But you know, the owner <laughs> now is making the, the 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 pentatonic harp, the penta harp, and I don't think it's on the on the. Uh, on the market yet, but it's all, it's a pentatonic scale. And uh, so far, all I've been able to come up with is. 
<laughs> That's awesome. I'm gonna. Go, I gotta talk to my honer guy. <laughs> Give me the smoke on the water harp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Do you have a- and you can play. <laughs> you know that could be. I could see that being a, a very high. I'm not gonna say high selling. I'm gonna say high streaming tribute album <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, 20 minutes of smoke on the water yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you do you have a preference between the touring life you know doing doing all the shows on the road with willie as opposed to um doing the studio stuff are you somebody who needs uh the mix of both to be well, sane I, I need the studio i mean i really love the studio but um this is the first time i've been off the road for any length of time. And I kind of miss it a little bit, you know. Um, I, I know I probably don't miss it too much because I know we'll go back. I know we're, we'll start back up in uh, August. So, you know, we already have a beginning date. So I, I, I'm cool just to, uh, you know, take it easy and enjoy being home. Because once we, I mean, for years, I was never in my house. You know, so it, it's nice to be home. I told somebody the other day I was going to move. And they said, where are you moving to? I said, the living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many dates a year, um, I mean, do you think you guys will still be doing after, uh, after this year? Well, as long, you know, I, we did almost 100 dates last year we worked with Willie, about 90 dates. And then I'd go out on the weekends. The, when I wasn't working with Willie, I'd go out with uh, Chris Stapleton. Okay. Who, uh, yeah, that was a real fun gig. Um, so, uh, you know, I was working a lot more. But, but I mean, with Willie, I, I think we did 90 cities um, in 18. No, in 2019. Wow. You know, you've really, you you just mentioned the two names, uh, Chris Stapleton and Willie Nelson. Um, Not only have you been kind of the guy for that, for the 70s and 80s generation, I mean, you're still the guy. You're playing with the new artists out now. Um, What is it about, what is it about your playing? What is it about you that has allowed you so much longevity? I mean, people, people keep calling. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. You are a nice guy. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I know when to shut up. I know when to not play. Yeah. I think, you know, but a lot, you know, a lot of sessions, like I just did one the other day um, for Joey Moy, who's a producer. Um, and uh, the artist is a new guy named Larry Fleet, uh, great singer, songwriter, um, real country. Um, and, um, you know, I don't know. I guess they just... Uh, it's still kind of unique because it's not used on every record. It's not overused. So if you've got harmonica, it, it, it's kind of a, maybe there's a cool factor, I'd like to think. But then you've got a, a lot of times it's not used, I think, it's because you can't reproduce, unless you've got a harp player in the band, which nobody does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't <laughs> reproduce it on stage. Yeah. You know, so I think that's, that's kind of a hindrance. But, you know, sometimes some producers are just intent on making a good record. And they're not really so concerned about, well, is this going to play well live, you know? Should they be? 
I don't think so. Yes, so they can take me out on tour. (laughs) Um, And I played another an up and coming uh, a rising star, a girl named Ashlyn Craft. Hmm. Who uh, you know, and this, it's good that I get you know, you know find out. I try to keep current and see who's you know who's new out there. Do you have a favorite new artist that like you're just fully behind and supporting? Maybe somebody um, you haven't even played with yet, or that I haven't played. Um, 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 or just um, somebody that's new that you're like, yeah, they're hell yeah. You know, everybody. I mean, if it's good. If, if, yeah. if it's good, if it's really good, you know. Yeah. Um, I've been to, I did a, a New Year's Eve uh, thing with uh, um, the Avett brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. We've toured with us and, and I, I've sat in with them. They're a lot of fun to play with. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I could see, I could see a harmonica going in well, well with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, there's, there's one thing I wanted to ask about. Um, I don't know too much about it um and i think it's really cool um you uh working with uh lung patients and i wanted to know um more about that um oh yeah i did a well there was this these people came to me silicon valley uh that were involved in the fitbit you know designing that and they were interested in working with copd patients doing maybe an app to where the harmonica, which is used in some hospitals as exercise, because right now the uh, some of the therapy is just blowing into this tube that kind of offers some resistance, but you can you know exhale and inhale, which exercises the lung. So um, one of the advisors was is a doctor at the Mayo Clinic. So I went up to the Mayo in Rochester, Minnesota, and first we did a battery of tests where they measured my lung capacity and uh, my breathing strength. And it was all just pretty normal. I mean, my, you know, <laughs> average, yeah. not, not, nothing heroic at all. Um, and then they had to, before you get insurance to really, I, I mean, where they know that the harmonica helps. And uh, the thing is, grandpa's gonna get tired of blowing into a tube. So if he maybe had a harmonica, you know, that he could play, it would, he would do his exercises. So my job was to maybe inspire or to, t- not necessarily to teach, but in some way, you know, t- teach him how to play Oh Susanna. Totally, yeah. like that. Uh, that would be an app that would uh, actually measure, I guess by sound, the uh, pressure coming out of the harmonica. But they needed, there was one test, uh, we, we had to get insurance companies to sign off of it. And there was one test they wanted to test the pressure of the diaphragm when you're playing. So they would have had to put a wire or a tube down my throat, you know, <laughs> with a sensor and then play harmonica. Brutal. And, uh, I hadn't, we didn't get to that point yet. I said, let's, let's wait till we get some financing before we start, you know, being in the yeah. But I did have, I was in, the, in their clinic and uh, I had about 80 sensors on my chest and then 10 cameras on, on, a, on a, like a track around yeah. me that would uh, video me. And, and, and then they had a harmonica like in a built-in stand because I had to stand there and lean into this harmonica and play. But it showed on these computers, it showed every bit of uh, every movement of the lung, you know, when I was playing, what, what, what part of the lung was being uh, stimulated. So that was pretty interesting. That's so <laughs> never cool. Got, 
any further with that because then they wanted me to write a program, a teaching program, and I'm just not folk. I don't teach, you know. Totally. So. Yeah, that's, that's so cool because I, I do uh, um, I I do something like that at, at like children's hospitals, you know, not necessarily for like health benefits, but uh, just to like you know, you know hang out with the kids for a day yeah yeah i've done that too where we've gone to musicians on call where we yeah, go yeah. Uh, nils lofgren you know who played guitar with uh springsteen yeah we were i was in phoenix where he lives and we went to a hospital and you just go in to a kid's room and you know do you want to hear some music sometimes i say no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then uh you know i played somewhere over the rainbow and made everybody cry so we took that off the list yeah 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 um, but uh, yeah, that, that's great. It makes you feel really good when you're playing for these kids. Totally. And and when I I, I saw that, um, I don't know, it might have been like a year or so ago when I saw like this little thing with you doing this with with the patients, and it was very cool to be able to add that into emails and like talk about like the brief. Like oh, it's also like kind of good for the health, you know, too. And. Mm -hmm. uh, so cool. It man. is good for your breathing. I think it is good for COPD patients. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just the insurance company have to. There has to be scientific data. On totally. It. And and we didn't have that. I mean, it existed. We just I just didn't do it. You know, it wasn't. You know, we didn't have it for what we were working on. Totally. I just think it's that's so cool, man. Doing that plus being a badass like you are. <laughs> I think that's so awesome to take the time out and and do that that's awesome man thanks yeah. well it gives you something to do on your it's a good thing to do and you know when we tour and actually kevin willie's bass player uh he plays a little guitar and sings he's been doing it on his own i'm not really there where i can just go in and play by myself i, I like to have somebody with me you know totally yeah yeah, yeah. well i'm open to do that hospitals weddings bar mitzvahs <laughs> But yeah, we're gonna have your your uh, yeah your uh, your booking email show up on the bottom of the page right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is that is really neat. And and Nick is working on a children's record, so he's you know he's very oh great. Um, yeah, you know he's very into well as we all should be, but Nick Nick especially really goes out of his way to do uh, those sorts of things. So yeah, man. The, but it's amazing you have to keep a hundred feet away from a school. I don't know how you're gonna yeah, do this. I, you know, I yeah. have my ways. <laughs> <laughs> I can figure it out. It's the internet age. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So who's, you know, as you think about passing the torch down, it, it, who's the next uh, Mickey? Is there anybody up and coming harmonica players that you think, man, that guy or that gal is gonna is gonna play on everybody's session? Well, you know, there's a blues guy who I think is brilliant, young kid. I think he's young, pretty young. Um, uh, Jason Ritchie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, and he sure. teaches. He's got great stuff online. Um, so, uh, you know, he's one of my favorite. I don't want to say up and coming because he's probably been around. Yeah. For a while, but he's, uh, you know, he's one of the new guys. New to me, anyway. I mean, I've known yeah. him 10 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, sweetheart. Such yeah. a sweetheart, yeah. And he's yeah. kind of, I would say he's like kind of like the bridge between like more traditional players and that Howard thing where he's not like super, he doesn't go to outer space, you know, he's more about the groove, but he can yeah. do those new techniques totally. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and could yeah. probably do a country so I've never heard him play on a country session, but you know, I mean it's just music. So, you know, if you've got a good ear, you yeah. know, you, you know, and you can play your instrument, you can do any of it. Yeah. Have this you played a, Oh, go okay. ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah, have you played with <laughs> have you played with Jason before? I mean, have you guys connected? No, have not. I've spoken with him on the phone, but I, we've never played together. Mm. Nice. This is this is I don't this I feel like this might be like should be reserved for the end, but I'll just get it out now. I know you're a, a bike, uh, you're a biker, you know, with your bicycle. Uh-huh. Uh, what's what's the coolest? Because I'm getting into, you know, riding bikes for for the the health benefits. What is the, where's the? Uh, is there a cool, interesting, or awkward place you've uh, rode your bike? No. Well, <laughs> yes. The probably the coolest ride I had was uh, a Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, nice. Across the Golden Gate Bridge into through Sausalito and then through Mill Valley and then up to Tiburon. And um, and then we started the, the Presidio, you know, at the base of the Golden Gate Bridge and then uh, took the ferry back into the city. Nice. That's so that cool. Was on. And, and there were some great places, too, in Maine that we rode uh the last year we toured, Kevin, our, the bass player, rides bikes, and Matt Rollins, uh, who actually co-produces some of our records and played with, uh, we were on tour with, uh, um, who were we on the fuck? Who were we on tour with? Um, okay, my mind is, is, is going. Anyway, Matt uh plays i mean r- rides bikes so we would go off you know maybe do a three-hour ride on a show day it was pretty intense you know yeah. allison krauss oh yeah so he was playing with alice and he has his bike on the road i keep a bike on the bus so we would you know map out a ride and just go and and, and in this place in maine was just so gorgeous and a little hilly i mean there were some hills that kicked my ass Totally. That's cool. The benefits of being a harmonica player and having, you know, small gear, you can take your bike with you. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I don't have three guitars, so That's right. this, yeah. this is coming with a, me. I had a whole bay <laughs> in the bus from, uh, yeah, and then the bike, I leave the bike there. It just bolts to the, take the front wheel off and it bolts to the floor. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, so you just have like a road bike that you t- take around with you? Road bike, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last thing I was going to ask you uh, uh, that just came up when you were talking about uh, producing. Um, do you, you produce some stuff now, too, and you've produced some stuff in the past. Is that right? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I did. Uh, I, I unproduced a Willie, tra- a Willie record uh, back in the 60s when he was recording with all the strings and everything. Um, I, I heard... Um, what they did with the what the Beatles did with Let It Be, where they took all the strings off and stripped it down, uh, and they call it Let It Be Naked. Um, so um, this one's called Naked Willie, and I took I got a hold of multi tracks from a lot of his recordings in the end in the '60s, and um, went in with uh, Tony Castle, our engineer, and just stripped everything down and just brought it down to the basic band, which was. Willie and Grady Martin and Chet Atkins and Bob Moore and Charlie McCoy plays vibes on some of the stuff. Nice. So they just just stripped it down to where it's the you know the core studio cats, and uh, you know it sounds like he recorded it last week. And then I did a remix the uh, the uh, Highwaymen live 
We did oh, that. Cool. We did the, there's a live version at uh, Nassau Coliseum. It's a three CD set. Yeah. So I, you know, I guess I, I mean, it, uh, you know, I wasn't hands-on mixing. I was with an engineer, but uh, yeah. Wow. You know, I got to say, turn me up. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, here's one question. Like, we all know, like, how the music business has changed throughout the years with, like, with streaming and, and, and you know, with the internet and everything. How has, ha has the music industry changed for session guys like yourself? Like, has it evolved in the, you know, good and bad, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't years? think there's... I don't think they're making that many, the session guys are getting that much work right now because so much is done with programming and just to go in with a live band. And there's so many guys, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, the fact that I can be an engineer and record myself, <laughs> uh, it might be a sign of the apocalypse. But it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, 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 it's gone way down. I mean, you see some great studio cats going out on the road now because that's really where the money's made uh, since nobody or very few people are selling, selling massive amounts of records. Yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of the studio guys are going out, you know, taking really nice touring jobs that do exist, you know. Yeah, yeah. And is there anything else you know, that you haven't done yet that you still really want to do uh, with your career? Go to Disneyland. Yeah, well, you, you've been to Disneyland. I have been to Disneyland. You've played Disneyland, haven't you? I don't know. I don't know if we've played there. I don't. Oh, we played in Disneyland in Paris. Oh, it was the most horrible thing in the world. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I, I love playing. There's, you know... Just, I'm, I'm just, I've been real fortunate. I don't take any of it for granted. You know, I've been yeah. able to play with some great people, work with some great, you know, uh, producers, and then just hope uh, more of the same. Willie's healthy. Uh, he'll be 88. What is the date? Oh, his birthday is at the end of the month. Um, it's today. <laughs> You're like, I gotta go. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's the end of, uh, yeah, it's the end of April. Wow. So he'll be 88, and uh, he's got his health. So as long as he's healthy, we'll keep doing it. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. great. That's great. Well, did we leave anything out? Did we, uh, did we cover I everything? Say, I just want to say publicly. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And But in front of Mickey, that like when it comes to pop music, the two best harmonica players in the world are Mickey Raphael and Stevie Wonder. They're, they're, oh, well, it thank doesn't you get better than that. They just uh, care more than most care <laughs> they give a shit and i think that's number one thing for music <laughs> oh thank you thank you yeah 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 thanks so much for taking the time to come on and, and if you wouldn't mind we'll uh, hold on the line for just a sec but i'm going to say goodbye to the to the audience thank you so much for coming on mickey we really appreciate it well thank you for having me it's been fun it has been fun mickey thank you so so much for taking the time to chat with us um you know this is i i can't say enough how how lucky i am to be able to do these episodes it's so much fun um and especially you know last march and april when the pandemic started i started making the podcast more frequent because it was so nice to just meet meet people and hang out with people and make new friends and um, i love every minute of it you know even down to the editing so Thanks for everyone for tuning in. Thanks, Mickey, for being a part of it this week. And big thanks to Nick Clark as well for helping me 
co-host. Um, if you like the show, please subscribe. There's a new one coming up every week. Um, any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, or death threats, you can direct them to me, middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. And that includes, um, you know, show suggestions, too. You can also direct those at me. Um, and once again, if you'd like to help out in a monetary way, I'm at Patreon, patreon.com slash Andy Sido, S-Y-D-O-W. Um, and if not, that's totally fine, but a rating and review would help out um, would help out a ton. So thanks so much for listening, and I uh, look forward to chatting with you next week. Bye-bye.